Welcome to We Are Venomaniacs, the Venom site's official podcast for all of your symbiote news, reviews, and point of views. My name is Orion, and I'm joined by my fellow co-host, Carlos. I'm still alive! And Tyler. Also still alive. Today, we're reviewing the comics of March 2020 from the safety of our homes, quarantined from the coronavirus, including uh, Venom number 24 and Scream Curse of Carnage number 5. So let's go ahead and start off with Venom number 24, part 4 of Venom Island. And uh, I guess part 5 will be the final part. So next issue's final issue for that. Um, to nobody's surprise here, the big cliffhanger at the end of the last issue was just a dream created by the Carnage symbiote when it finally took control of Eddie. Meanwhile, Dylan learns to remotely pilot the Venom symbiote to save his dad using his codex powers and a piece of the Carnage symbiote left behind after the events of Absolute Carnage. So yeah, like we we pretty much saw this coming. It's like, oh, that whole nuke the island thing, that's not real. Yeah, I, I thought it was... Aaron suggested that, and especially with the homage of the cover being uh, ASM... 280-something, I can't remember. Yeah. But, yeah. It's like, eh, I mean, it's like, here we go again with the whole false memory thing happening. It's like, okay, we're, we, we, we've seen this play before by Donnie. It's like, all right, that's fine. Like, Still, I, I will admit that I really like that scene with Cletus being the nurse with the carnage blood bag or whatever. Oh, yeah. That was, that yeah. was really cool. Yeah. Uh, again, like Mark Bagley, again, like he knows how to draw Cleus really well, and yeah, yeah like I, I, w- I honestly, I wasn't expecting it to be a complete like nightmare that he was having. So you know, he was actually he actually got caught by the Grendel symbiote, and now he's being possessed uh, by the symbiote, and um, you know, uh, he still has his uh, hand still cut off, uh, and yeah, no, it's it was pretty much a mind trip, and it was a really well drawn out plot there so yeah but uh and then we got red venom <laughs> yep. yeah we finally, <laughs> we finally get uh red venom actual red venom where it's just eddie brock bonded to the carnage symbiote just buff carnage pretty much <laughs> so so now so now we can really say that eddie brock um is kind of the holy trinity plus he was the father of uh, which is venom the son Carnage, the grandson, uh, Toxin, and the Holy Spirit, which is uh, anti-venom. Anti, anti-venom, yeah. Sounds like more of a square when you say it like that. Yep. <laughs> the Holy Square. <laughs> yeah, so also also want to point out, like, in this issue, it's, it was kind of interesting to see, like, Dylan fully uh, using his, his codex powers to the fullest, because... For what I could see, like he used that piece of the Carnage symbiote, and he just opened a portal, which pretty much made him almost bond or or connect with the, the Venom symbiote, right? Yeah, because like, like he was like making his own mini hive or whatever. I, I yeah, uh, like connecting to the hive because, sort of. Because when there when there was a panel in the comic where uh, you see Venom, he starts morphing in, into a humanoid form, and it almost kind of looked like he had a Dylan's haircut at one point. So I wasn't yeah, sure. Yeah, he got a little T-shirt as well. Yeah. Like, so um, I found that pretty interesting. I wanted to talk about that portal a bit. Because how do you guys feel about that? Because as far as I can tell, it doesn't seem to be an actual portal, and I imagine he was sort of like vacuum sealed on the other side of that, just like. 
we don't think that's an actual portal, right? That's teleporting him because I feel like that'd be stupid. That's stretching the symbiote powers a little much for my taste. If he is literally getting transported to a, another symbiote dimension. Well, um, I kind of think back to Venomverse, but I think that was just explained that that was Doctor Strange using the portals to transport all the Venoms, but uh, I don't know. It's not really fully explained. Like, I just, when I first read it, I'm like, oh, so somehow he's uh, being going into Venom's mind or something, and he's just starting to bond with him, and then they end up choosing to become a T-Rex. So, yeah. It, see, I'm, I'm just, but I'm just imagining his physical body. What do you think is happening to his physical body? Is, it, is he going through this portal and just being, like, plastic-wrapped on the other side? while he's doing this mind connection, or is he going through this portal and literally disappearing from New York? Hmm. Uh... Because I, I don't love the idea that you just use symbiotes to just teleport now. That's just a little bit much for me. I don't think... Yeah. I think it's. I think this is just a visual representation of remote connection. You know, I don't think... This is that, that, that's what I'm hoping portal. for, too. Yeah, he, he, he just stretched this little piece of symbiote thin... Just to like immerse himself into it, yeah. So, but uh, but yeah. Then we got Venom T Rex and six one six baby. <laughs> yeah, he has a bit of a gut. Oh, yeah. yeah, he he fat. <laughs> <laughs> this would, I mean, technically, this is the in the six one six. This is what the third T Rex I think we've seen technically because we had we had Devil Dinosaur. Yeah. Briefly have part of the Venom symbiote like around his head. Then we had a uh, Venomized Devil Dinosaur, so that was a different symbiote on uh, in Venomized. And now, so now we have an actual Venom complete dinosaur. No actual dinosaur inside, but you know, <laughs> it's just because of the imagination from Dylan that you know he can be whatever he wants. So he just chose that form. Um, I wonder if we'll get some more crazy transformations next issue. But, uh, yeah, I mean, hopefully we will probably get more explanation as to how Dylan's doing all this. Hopefully. So we'll have to wait and see for the 25th issue. Yeah. But, but it was, I think the Mark it Mark like Bagley a, still kills it. Yeah, no, he definitely issue. kills it. Yeah. But I, I, felt, I really like the look of the Carnage Grendel <laughs> I, with I Eddie. I felt like this issue was a bit short. I don't know. It... Well, I mean, granted, they do take a, a lot of pages to begin with to, for that dream sequence. So that's yeah. probably why it felt shorter. Like, let's yeah. let's count here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven for the last page. Eight, nine, ten. Yeah, so like half of the issue is just the dream sequence. Yeah. This is definitely a little drawn out. Uh, but also, yeah, Mark, he did a really good job on that splash page drawing Null and him just drawing New York. That was pretty awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess an, another question I want to ask, how do you feel if this is basically the main Carnage symbiote going forward? Because I, I know some people are, have very mixed opinions on that, where it's like, oh, we want the true Carnage symbiote. But uh, for me, like this thing, like they said, Cletus like affect, affected this, and it basically is the Carnage symbiote now. Yeah, well, the main Carnage symbiote is dead, like dead, dead. So. Well, didn't we have that little portion from Alchemax that they have still? Do they? Technically. I don't, I don't yeah, because the one they got out of Normie or whatever. Maybe. 
Um, we have, we have uh, also, we have our listener, uh, LT Carnage, joining us on the podcast, and he says, I think it would work if, if they say the remnants of Cassidy's blood turned it into Carnage. So that could be a possibility. So Yeah. It's, it's basically, like, there's basically no difference uh, other than the little, like, asterisk they made last issue. It's like technically it's Grim- Grendel symbiote, <laughs> but it it acts just like Carnage. So I, I'd I'd be okay if this is the act the main Carnage symbiote going forward. I feel like it's all gotten a bit convoluted. <laughs> In a sense, yeah, because you know they first they kill it, then they bring it back, and then there was one from the what was it the some some zone area was negative it? zone negative zone yeah. But yeah, overall, this this issue was good. Again, Mark Bagley's art always delivers, and yeah, I'm looking forward to to the, the final story arc for Venom Island. So yeah, I'm looking forward to the next story arc. But yeah, uh, Venom Beyond. Yep. But yep. Uh, all right then. I guess we can move on to our last comic, which is Scream: Curse of Carnage number five, the end of the series' first story arc. Here we get a conclusion to the truth behind the Beowulf story, and Thor and Big Mother's climactic battle before returning to the present. The Scream symbiote once again saves Andy from imminent death in the bowels of Big Mother, and the pair finally make their escape from the surface, or to the surface. Uh, but Big Mother isn't done with them just yet, as she surfaces to uh, pursue her quarry into Manhattan. I don't know, guys. I've, like... I really look forward to these Scream books m- more each month now than the I, I'm books. I'm right there with you. I adore this book. This <laughs> like, is a great series. Like, consistent. Yeah, I think, yeah no, I'll the just... uh, first arc I really enjoyed. And, uh, yeah, no, uh, definitely this is a well-written book. I Again, I will support this to how long it can last. So I'll say, I'll, I'll just start out with an, what my main negative I have for this first arc as a whole, I feel like it probably could have been one issue shorter. There was the fact that like two issues end sort of the same exact way where Andy without the symbiote looks like she's about to die. And then I feel, so I feel like you could have combined like three and four together because they both were doing the Thor setup in story. And then also Andy getting in trouble. So you probably could have shortened this whole thing by one issue. It was a little bit repetitive with Andy ending up the same thing and the Thor flashbacks. But yeah. it's a minor complaint, really, because Actually, this book I, I was agree. Still- I do agree, because I feel like the Thor story, the whole Beowulf thing, could have been a little bit shorter, too. You know? Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. it was drawn out, what, around, around three issues? I mean, more yeah. than that, probably, if you count the original Null, Null stuff, I think. Yeah, I, I feel like I feel like it didn't have to be stretched out for so many issues. I feel like, say, you have your first issue of Scream, which is her uh, discovering Big Mother towards the end. Then uh, the second issue is her first battle with Big Mother. And then uh, Big Mother captures her or whatever. Then the third issue would be Big Mother's backstory into, oh, this is the truth behind the Beowulf legend. And then issue mm-hmm. four would have been the the conclusion to this whole struggle. I felt like it could have been four issues, this arc. Yeah, for me, I wish that the Thor prologues were a little shorter. Because it, if to me, it was kind of dragging out a little bit. And then also, too, with the whole thing, what was it? Uh, issue four, you know, Scream 
gets separated, then it rebonds, then gets separated again. And, you know, this, that was just a little that was just a little nitpick that I had. But every but everything else is great. Uh, this issue here was amazing. Uh, Clay Chapman, like the guy, he just knows how to write Andy and Scream and. Uh, he's a he's a good writer in my book. So yeah, absolutely. The fact that through this whole arc, like she's basically flipped her opinion on the symbiote. Like at first, she was like, "I just need this to help me beat Carnage," and get, and then in Absolute Carnage, she did that. And then the start of this book, she started out she did not like the symbiote at all. She thought it was like this part of her that she doesn't want, and she's just mopey because. Well, I mean, granted, she's got a pretty good reason to be mopey, but um, but yeah, and and then at the end of this, the symbiote and her like we're family now. And she she knows that, and I, I really thought that was a great character progression for her and the symbiote. Yeah, I like I like the evolution of their relationship because you know it it began with basically being forced together because uh, Pat got killed and uh, Carnage was going Patricia. To yeah, yeah I was confused. I'm like, what are you talking about? Toxin was not in this book. I'm like, oh, Patricia. Like, Patricia. <laughs> they're two pats. They're two pats. Yeah. Two symbiotic host pats. Pat, pat. Pat, pat. Yeah, it's like, you know, she was kind of thrust into this relationship, and the beginning of the series was kind of dealing with that. I was like, okay, well, the objective was completed. Carnage is defeated, but now they're still stuck together, and she's really not feeling that. Like, she... She's been away from her, like she, she, her, her relationship with the Mania symbiote kind of ended pretty crappily in uh, the funeral pyre issue, with the crappiest character of all. <laughs> yeah, so it's like with oh my the gosh. leap right. <sighs> so it's like she, she's had a pretty bad run with symbiotes altogether, and so that's where she was coming from in the beginning of this. Granted, series. I will say in, I guess even in that funeral pyre issue, even though you said that ended crappily. They did hint that it was trying to warn her, like this little inkling of her codex was trying to warn her about Carnage. So yeah. it, it was trying to do yeah. even, though, even through horrific dreams and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. But um, also I think so. Generally, I've said that I like. Uh, I believe Gary Brown was the artist for the Thor parts, or am I messing that up? But no, Mooneyham. Mooneyham is the. Uh, no, I think I'm messing this up. I cannot remember who, which artist is which. But the, I feel like the guy who's doing the Thor ones is a bit stronger. But I will say that the the art the artist who did the most of Andy's part of this issue, I feel like he does like the horror stuff really good because Andy gets mangled up. Like I expected her just to get swallowed and that she'd be just swallowed whatever in her in Big Mother's stomach. But no, friggin' Big Mother like chomps her and like breaks her bones and like yeah, her, like it was really sad seeing her in just this mangled form. <laughs> by the by the end like she's still like saying like my ribs i'm i'm yeah. bruised and you know the scream symbiote's trying its best to hail her as fast as, as as it can but yeah like by the end of this you know Annie's pretty beaten up and she doesn't want she doesn't want to fight anymore cause she's just oh. pretty much gone through hill underwater it was a with brutal big mother issue. i mean then she rips her way out of the stomach and then freaking big mother's head gets freaking chopped off <laughs> But yeah, like also too, I want to point out like the the dialogue too because like Big Mother, she's she's really wants to corrupt the Scream symbiote, bring it back into the hive mind. I'm pissed. <laughs> and you know, Scream, <laughs> Scream is like saying, "No, I don't, I don't want to be with you. I want to be with Andy. You're you're, you're nothing but an uh, an evil 
evil ancient symbiote that wants to you to use me right so mm-hmm. it's it's like that whole scenery where she's uh got tricked or no i think scream she grabbed like the the towering construction wire and wrapped it around big mother's head and then she pretty much decapitated herself like that, that was pretty Very good cool, action so. scene especially with yeah. scream's hair like stabbing out her eyes from inside her mouth yeah <laughs> And also, not to mention this, this scene also, I think, is important note, shows why symbiotes don't have noses, because they are a structural weak point. <laughs> <laughs> but, but no, I mean... It's definitely, yeah. yeah, it's definitely a great issue. And then, um, also to point out, uh, the in the end, the, uh, the FBI are picking up... Yeah, I was about to say that as well. Yeah, I the, think it's adding some supporting cast to Andy. Yeah, the FBI are apparently the the government's symbiote task force. They they're the ones that deal with the symbiote stuff, which is interesting because um, what what I, I'm trying to remember in Jerry Conway's Carnage series was the team going after Carnage uh, related to the FBI. I I'm not sure if they ever specifically said FBI. I think they just said it was like a government anti symbiote task force. So yeah. I'm going to go ahead and say that this, this is the same team, like yeah. the same general idea or some sort of same similar branch of the government, which is behind this, because it makes sense with the fact yeah. that and then, then they got Misty Knight and they went after Doverton with Carnage USA and all that. So in Cult of Carnage. Yeah, because in the issue they did reference, uh, you know, Cult of Carnage, that the one shot. So yeah, it could be, could be yeah. possible. Yeah. So, uh. Yeah, and then then we have Aunt May as well, who also seems to be a new supporting character with a, and she straight up knows that she's Scream and she's okay with it because this is not her first symbiote rodeo. <laughs> because uh, also, I will say like that this was probably the the best moment in the comic for me, having Aunt May, uh, you know, being very nice to Andy and seeing her as a, you know, as a as a as a friend that she could use help in a place to say so that that one panel where they're both hugging that was really touching so that was really nice. I, I really look and forward. I all oh yeah go ahead uh, yeah I just say I really look forward to seeing Andy's uh, supporting cast really flesh out and you know I, I have my hopes of you know who might make some return appearances uh, specifically uh, Jenna Cole would be nice to have yeah I, I saw some cons for Jenna like especially like even that last page I thought I saw some people hoping that. Other woman in the last page was Jenna. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or, uh, gonna say one more thing. Right. Uh, I'm glad they didn't straight up kill Big Mother off. Like, even with her head decapitated, she was still talking, and they even said, like, this won't be at the end of her. So, yeah. I, I, I think it'd be cool if she shows up when we have the inevitable big null event battle or whatever. Yeah. Gonna happen. It, I mean, I, I, you know, as soon as they, as soon as Scream pretty much pointed out that she's not dead, like she's, she, well, she can't die just because she got decapitated. She's a symbiote, right? So yeah, there's all she's, symbiotes down there, and no she, problem. and she's connected to Null. So I have a feeling we will see Big Mother and Scream probably uh, fight it out again when Null's big event uh, arrives <laughs> as like their, uh, just, the, I'm, you know, I'm imagining like little text like the end of like a. MC movie is like Big Mother will return. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, anyways, great, great series. Really, if you haven't read it or if you have any interest at all, definitely pick it up. 
uh, it's getting a second arc, which is great, and hopefully we can keep it up so it gets a third arc. It's solicited to what eight issues currently? Yeah, like yeah, got so yeah. Now we have to look forward to with Punisher and Sandman apparently. Yep. So I'm definitely interested to see what they do with that because Punisher or not Punisher, but Sandman has sort of had some good moments in recent years. Like, sure, he's been a villain, but there was uh, the last time he showed up, I think, was in a spectacular Spider-Man by Chip Zdarsky when he basically was asking for he was basically dying and he like had a really nice moment with Spider-Man. So, you know, I'm very interested to see how they play that. All right. Well, um, that's it for our reviews. Um, so uh, before I wrap this up, I want to just make a quick note here that uh there's a lot of uncertainty going around uh, regarding the comic industry and uh, this whole epidemic. Um, lots of publishers are not going to be um, putting out physical books in the, in the next couple of weeks because Diamond Distributors are closed. And it's up in the air right now whether they will continue publishing new comics digitally or if they're just going to suspend it overall. We will be here um, either way. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll cover any new issues that we can uh, if we get them physically, digitally. I know I'll always get them digitally, so I'll always be on top of the newest issues. But, um, you know, we'll, we will try to adjust our schedule accordingly and continue bringing you new content as it comes. Uh, so looking forward, right now we can say that we might have an episode next month to cover April's Symbiote comic offerings. Um, but other than that, uh, there's a new project coming up for the podcast uh, starting May 9th. Uh, we're going to be doing a Symbiote uh, club, uh, reading club series where uh, I will lead a um, reading club taking you through Venom's history from the very beginning and up until um, uh, Eddie first uh, not, uh, he leaves the symbiote the first time because of the cancer thing because uh, originally I had planned that this is going to be uh, covering from the very beginning up till t- current comics but it's it's seriously a lot of comics cover and I'm right now planning to go with a uh, a weekly format of covering four to six issues a week. So kind of basically uh, one arc per week. And uh, with the current plan from the beginning to uh, when Eddie leaves the Venom symbiote the first time, that's going to take about a year at that schedule. So we're going to just start there and then see what happens afterwards. But yeah, starting May 9th, uh, I'll be publishing a... Um, a newsletter the week before so you know what issues we're going to cover and I'm going to see uh, how we can make this more interactive with our community, maybe getting people onto the podcast so we can discuss these uh, issues as we go. So still a lot of planning, but at least you have a date to look forward to. So, uh, yeah, go ahead. Also, I was going to say, uh, for those listening, just remember... Make sure you guys wash your hands, be safe, and we'll get through this pandemic together. Yep. It's a good Mm. time to cover some old comics that you haven't read in a while, so get to it. (laughs) Stay home. Read comics. (laughs) Read comics, exactly. 
Alright, so you can listen to We Are Venomaniacs on Podbean, Spotify, Apple Music and iTunes, Google Play Music, and YouTube. We can also be found on Twitter at WAV underscore podcast. Check out our Discord server where you can geek out with a community of Venomaniacs like us. And as always, thank you to my uh, fellow co-hosts, Carlos and Tyler, for joining me today. Thanks for listening, guys. Happy to be here, especially when a dummy like Aaron isn't. Aaron! <laughs> yeah, you guys start coming on here, Aaron. Come on. All right, and uh, thanks to the Venom site for permitting us to make this podcast under the TVS banner and all of your generous support. And finally, thank you, loyal listeners and fellow Venomaniacs. You guys make an awesome community, and it's an honor to be your voice on the airwaves. Together, we are Venomaniacs. And now, a word from one of our partners at The Collective a network of superhero podcasts. Face front, true believers, and riddle me this. Do you enjoy comics? Great. Well, you're already halfway there. Join me, and together we can rule the galaxy as listener and producer. My new weekly, the bi-weekly show, deals with the heroes that don't get enough credit. Street-level heroes like Daredevil, Moon Knight, Spider-Man, and the like. With a strong emphasis on stories that don't get quite enough credit either, or perhaps are just plain goofy, with the occasional look into jumping on points for new readers who might be interested. I'm Ethan Ainsworth, and this is Knights, a Marvel podcast. Check me out on Podbean and iTunes. Fun isn't something one considers when balancing the universe, but this podcast <laughs> does put a smile on my face. 